Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tez News podcast, where we bring you the essential briefing on the key news of the week for everyone who works for and with schools. I'm Matilda Martin, news reporter at Tez, and this week I'm with the joint news editor of Tez, Charlotte Santry, at the Labour Party conference in Liverpool. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. Uh, We've been in Liverpool since the beginning of this week, covering all the key news for schools. We've been covering both key policies announced by Labour so far, but also looking at some some new ones as well and and getting some more details about those. So, Charlotte, what, what do you think the vibe has been like at the Labour conference this year? It's felt very disciplined. There haven't been lots of, well, haven't really been any gaffes, have there? At all the events that we've covered, I'd say, where there have been shadow ministers, they seem to be very on message, very much delivering the same kind of phrases. There's lots of talk about resetting the relationship with the profession, which I'm sure will be welcomed by a lot of teachers. And there's not really been any huge surprises. There have been a couple of policy announcements, which I'm sure we'll get to a bit later. But I wasn't at the Tory party conference last week, but it feels from what I was watching, what what I was gathering from the TV and radio and and reading about it, it felt like it was a much more eventful conference last week than than it has been this week. I definitely agree with you in that everyone seems to kind of very much be towing the line this week at Labour. So we've definitely haven't kind of had any deviations from, I'd say, kind of pre-agreed lines. And when we've tried to push for more things in fringe events that Bridget Phillipson or the new Shadow Schools Minister, Catherine McKinnell, has been at, it's been very difficult to kind of, you know, ask them for any more details than we, we already have. But yeah, I think the Tory one, as I was saying last week, It was a bit of a weird mix of, on the one hand, it felt very flat. Um, There wasn't actually nearly as many education French events on the agenda as there has been at Labour. But there was also a weird, buoyant sense of optimism as well at the Tory conference. Um, But I'd say that that optimism is definitely a lot stronger at Labour this week for for obvious reasons if, if you look at the polls. Yeah, I really felt like they, they see themselves as a party preparing to take power. And that's the reason for them being so on message, I suppose, and so on board. It really just contrasted for me with the last party conference I went to, was the Tory conference last year. And you had former schools minister Jonathan Gullis saying lots of interesting things at various events, quite unexpected things sometimes. It made it made for good copy. It probably wasn't great from a party discipline point of view. Definitely not. But there were just none of those events at all this year, which is, as a journalist, it's a bit of a shame. We, we like those moments. We do. We? we do really like those moments where they go off, go off piece a little bit. But I think it's understandable, isn't it? You know, they don't really want to cause any controversy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we've learned a lot of things from the Labour conference this week, uh, both from fringe events that we've been to and also Bridget Phillipson, Shadow Education Secretary's speech on Wednesday. We've got some information for, for our readers about kind of key policies that have emerged for the first time, but also we've been able to dig a little bit more perhaps maybe for the first time in so much detail into policies that have already been announced and actually question the the Shadow Schools Minister and the Shadow Education Secretary a little bit further than we've had the chance to in the past. Yeah, you you asked a good question at one of the sessions that you entered, didn't you, about how Labour's actually going to achieve its aim of recruiting 6,500 more teachers, which just seems like a huge challenge, given all the problems that we know about. Uh, We had Sam Friedman saying in in another session that actually the problem isn't fixable. So you you asked a good question about how that was, how how they were going to work around those problems. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I... 
got the chance to ask Bridget Phillipson what exactly the plans were around the 6,500 more teachers. So the thing that we've heard so far is the tax breaks for private schools that they have planned are going to help recruit those those teachers. Um, but obviously that's not really a lot of detail around how exactly they plan to do that. And what we did discover at conference from, from questioning Bridget Phillipson was that Labour's actually still working on those plans for how they're actually going to recruit those teachers. And yeah, I think Sam Friedman, the former senior policy advisor at the DfE, yeah, he actually kind of came out earlier this week and said that he doesn't think a Labour government could fix the recruitment crisis just because it's so fundamentally broken. And I was quite lucky we had a session soon after with the Shadow Schools Minister, Catherine McKinnell, so I got the chance to, to actually put those comments to her. Um, she pushed back a lot and said that she was optimistic, you know, that with, as you've mentioned, resetting the relationship with the profession and all the other things they plan to do around CPD, that they can actually um, turn that around. But we also had Rachel Reeves, Shadow Chancellor. She, she had a few things to say in her speech earlier this week, didn't she, Charlotte? Yeah, so she said that Labour's basically ready to fight, that was her word, over rack, the crumbly concrete, and also over private school taxes. They've definitely kind of made an effort to, to put education within there, and obviously education is one of their five missions. So it would make sense for the Shadow Chancellor to, to, to mention that in her speech. And then on Wednesday, we had Bridget Phillipson's keynote speech at the conference, which we've been waiting for. And we had trailed on the Tuesday night. They'd sent out a release saying, Saying that they want to focus on primary maths in schools, which is definitely different. Uh, the Conservatives very much want to, to focus on the secondary maths in schools, which was interesting. Now, the Prime Minister talks about extending maths to 18. But if young people hate maths at 16, it's just too late. These problems need to be tackled early, not left to fester. So... Charlotte, you know, Labour have decided that they want to focus on improving primary maths learning. So why exactly did Phillipson say she wanted to do this? Well, she drew a contrast with the plans that Rishi Sunak set out. So whereas he's focusing on maths to 18 and there's lots of talk about post-16 plans, she was saying, well, it's just far too late to focus on that stage of of schooling and, and it's much better to start at the primary stage so that's why they're they're doing that interestingly in a, in a session that i was at last night with various maths experts former dfe advisor david thomas who i know you've spoken to as well was suggesting that primary might not actually be the the right stage to do it either that the real problems come in sort of year seven and key stage three so david was at both conferences the tory and the labor conference over the past few weeks and I was interested to catch up with him and hear his thoughts on the two different policies. It's not a surprise in that all good people who care about education should be thinking about maths. It's good that we've got it's good that we've got both parties at the moment who seem to have maths as, as the thing that they want to be talking about, right? And um, that was that's been big in what the Prime Minister's been talking about for ages and was big in his conference speech. And it felt like it was the the headline really of Bridget Phillipson's speech as well. So I think it's great that everybody is, is caring about that. Everybody should be. And so in that sense, it's, it's no surprise to me, having been looking at the data and thinking about what we should be doing with our education system, that maths is coming up as a priority for everyone. What better situation than to have two political parties both deciding that they really care about maths and competing to have the best plan for maths? You know, long may they stay in competition to have the very best plan for maths. And I know that I and many others who care deeply about this will 
be pushing them on their plans to try and make them align with what we think is needed and what we think is important. If you're going between the two, then you know I have I have to end up picking the conservative one because it has all of the other details in it. But as I say, I, th- I think that's I think it's a slightly unfair comparison to make at the moment. Um, what we need is the detail of the Labour plan because you know what we have in the Conservative plan is that detail of well what are we going to do in key stage three what are we going to do in primary to be able to get that happening post 16 and Bridget Phillipson's only talked about primary now I hope that the you know she's got some thoughts about what we should be doing in key stage three in secondary schools as well and um, but I can't know that until we see it written down. So there's, there's a bit of disagreement, if you like, about whether that's the right stage. But Bridget Phillipson on Wednesday argued strongly that primary school age was where the focus needed to be. And she talked about tweaking the Prime Minister's Maths to 18 working group so it would focus more on primary level maths. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's a huge contrast, isn't it? But I think one of the things that, you know, we've learned from, from the events such as the one you just mentioned and also the two conferences is there does seem to be a general agreement among the two big parties that maths does need another look. You know, and I think, you know, obviously the main the main difference is, is at what point, but I think that's something that we can say that they both agree on. Um, so in, in terms of delivering the teaching for, for this primary level maths that they envisage, they've actually said they're going to upskill primary teachers who are not maths teachers, which is interesting and almost as well echoes some of the things that we've been trailing about the maths to 18 plans around, you know, more use of of CPD to help non-specialist math teachers teach math. So again, very, very similar. And this will be delivered through the already proposed by Labour teacher training entitlement, which has said, you know, it's former CPD, and they've said they'll backfill roles to teachers at every stage of their career can, can be released for that training. And that's being funded partly through the tax break, ending the tax break on private schools, isn't it? Which exactly. Which seems to be doing a lot of heavy lifting. It, it features does. a lot in their funding plans for their various policies. So we'll have to see how far it stretches. We will. And I think there's also a lot of debate as well around how much that's actually going to raise. So yeah, it's tricky and it's something that we'll definitely be keeping an eye on and, and tracking. So why does Bridget Phillips want to focus on maths in primary? What exactly does she she want to do? So they're talking about it being a kind of a phonics approach, but to maths. So the kind of approach that that they're talking about is on what they call real world maths teaching. So that would look at things like developing basic numeracy skills, so financial literacy, and they wanted to focus on things like budgeting, recipes, sports league tables and savings accounts. So, so making it quite real to pupils with sort of everyday, or not necessarily everyday, but with real scenarios that they might come across in everyday life. It's interesting, isn't it? And it's, again, very similar to the debates that have been had around the Prime Minister's Maths to 18 ideas as well, whether people want there to be financial learning in there, learning about mortgages and learning about bank accounts and how to deal taxes and all that sort of thing. So it seems to be very similar, but very much for, for a younger a younger age bracket. So on Wednesday, we also heard a little bit more about their plans for the early years under Labour. Our childcare system must be about life chances for children, as well as work choices for parents. That's why I am determined that new investment in childcare comes with ambitious reform to ensure that early education is available in every corner of our country, for every family and for every child. To drive up standards for our youngest children and lift up the amazing people who support and teach them. 
It's why we'll end restrictions on councils delivering childcare. It's why today I'm announcing that Sir David Bell, former primary school teacher and former chief inspector of schools, will lead Labour's work to develop the early years plan the next generation deserve. We had the announcement of an early years review that they were planning, and they've actually announced that uh, Sir David Bell, who's former Chief Inspector of Schools and Permanent Secretary at the DfV, um, would be leading this review. So the review is going to look at ways to increase the amount of primary school-based nursery provision. We've obviously got a lot of falling birth rates, and it's also going to look at removing restrictions on local authorities uh, from opening nursery provision. We also found out, you know, it's going to consider the major reform of the early years workforce and it's going to develop a plan for the widening of childcare eligibility promised by the Conservatives at the 2023 budget. So I think we've known for a while, haven't we, Charlotte, that Labour was wanting to focus very much on the early years and kind of starting breaking those barriers to opportunities that they've been talking about from the very beginning of a child's life. What has the sector had to say about this announcement? Well, I think when it's announced, the sort of the language that Labour uses is all about childcare. But actually, there are some quite important implications for the education sector. Um, clearly, we're talking about early years. And so whilst some of this might seem to refer to private nurseries and so on, it's, it's very clear that they are interested in looking at school nurseries and school nursery provision. So um, we've had some reaction from the National Association of Head Teachers, which seems to have welcomed the plans. There aren't very many details at the moment, so all we really know is that this is something that they want to look at. But on the face of things, they seem to be fairly well received. Unions will obviously want to be involved as they develop. They've made that point. So yeah, we'll have to see where they go, really. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be keeping kind of obviously a close eye as, as we approach the general election on more announcements around this and where exactly the funding is going to come from. Don't forget, you can find all of the stories we've discussed today and much more on our website. You can visit tes.com forward slash magazine forward slash news. And we'll see you all next week.